You, you, you can have dinner with us. You like head cheese. My brother makes it real good. You like it. Club members, I'm Kate, and I am recently obsessed with Netflix reality TV, and I'm okay with it. <laughs> Netflix reality TV is the new generation of reality TV. I feel like they've taken all of these loose ideas that came from like MTV and really just synthesized yes. this pure product, Absolutely. pure trash. <laughs> and I am here for it. And they're releasing it weekly. I can't handle it. I'm beside myself. I haven't, because I, I haven't had that experience since like cable. Like I have to wait. It honestly pissed me off. I was like, Netflix, I came to you expressively because I don't have to wait. And now I you're s- making me wait. <laughs> Saboteur. I assume Saboteur. we're both talking about the circle right now. Yes, we are. Wonderful. Okay. But they also did it with that other one and the love one, Love is Blind and many other trash ones. Oh my God. I forgot about Love is Blind. Everyone has. Oh yeah. no. I, I, I have not forgotten about Jessica giving her dog red wine from the glass. Ooh, that I'll I never tried to. forget. As she tells her lover that she's not his mom. <laughs> See, this is why I like reality TV. You just can't, there's certain things you can't get from horror movies. Oh, God, that's a mashup that I would gladly stand for. Why isn't there a horror movie about reality TV? Oh, I'd be into that. I would watch that. That's some horror movie I would subscribe to. If you guys want to help me write this screenplay I'm just now thinking of, let me know. I've got Um, some ideas. But I guess I should introduce you, Emma, Emma over there. (laughs) Hi. Yes, I am Emma, and my new favorite pet is now a stingray. They're like little puppies of the sea. You have a pet stingray? Or like maybe like a Roomba of the sea. Your favorite they, animal. <laughs> Your Roomba yes. of the sea. Yeah, they're so cute. They like, um, they like, I saw them when I was in Belize last week and they kind of, they'll go over your feet, but they won't sting you or anything. They just kind of like over your foot. And then if you throw a little fish in front of them, just kind of, they'll kind of like suck it up. And then they like to get pet, which is really, really cute. That sounds like a very sweet little Roomba. Yeah, I'm. Th- I thought they were mean, but because of the the Steve Irwin incident, but they're not mean. I think that they've been portrayed in a, f- a false light by the media. So, has the media been like coming after stingrays? I don't think. They I have. feel like everyone's been scared of them since the Steve Irwin incident. Don't you think? I don't know. All the stingrays I've met have just been very resentful of me at the petting ponds of local aquariums. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Maybe it's just because mom messaged me. Don't get stung by a stingray or keep them away from your heart or something oddly specific. (laughs) Okay. But that's not what we're here to talk about. No, we're here to talk about the movie that won the Patreon poll. We'll get to our Patreon in a minute, but the Texas chainsaw massacre and that's chainsaw with a space in between it. Oh, because all of the other ones don't have a space in between them that I did not notice. I guess they could also say it's the 1974 Texas chainsaw massacre. The original one. It's the one that was, um, spoiler alert, rated very well compared to the trash that has followed since. It has, because it has a few sequels. Yes. And remakes. Many a sequels. And from a cursory glance at Rotten Tomatoes, um, they are all in the green. And by in the green, I mean they're (laughs) garbage versus, (laughs) versus, um, this this is a nice fresh tomato. This one's a nice ripe tomato. Oh, okay. Well, I, I didn't know what to expect because I had never seen this movie. 
and we'll just go ahead and say that we are going to spoil the movie. Uh, we won't spoil any sequels because one, but mainly because we have seen not them. seen them. Yeah. Can't. <laughs> um, but we will be spoiling that. So if you don't want to know, if you've never seen Chainsaw Massacre, it was out in the This 70s, movie's 40 so. years old. <laughs> yeah. 50 so. years old. It Maybe get on that, but um, otherwise... <laughs> like, the statute of limitations has expired. Yeah. Also, shout out, if you guys want to watch this movie, if you've never watched it, like, never watching it. If you've never seen it, like me, if you have a smart TV that has Tubi TV on it... <laughs> yeah. You can watch it there for free. I think I watched it on Tubi on my laptop, even, because I watched it on my laptop. Okay, well, so thanks, Tubi. Thanks, Tubi. Oh, I watched it on IMDb TV, which, who That's knew? That's a thing? Yeah, who knew that was a thing, but apparently it is. Well, thanks, IMDb TV. We're still not, we don't care about your ratings, but thank you. <laughs> you can take your seven and shove it, but thank you for that. I do want to give a quick shout out to our Patreon patrons who uh, chose this week's episode. Um, Sam, Leanne, Marnie, and Carly, you're our girls. We Woo! got a vice president, um, two treasurers, and a secretary. Love it. Also, speaking of Patreon, we do have a few more stickers left that have our little cute little club logo on them. And like we said, the first few people who join our Patreon, as we have these, we're going to send you little stickers and a little thank you note. So um, come get your sticker while they last. Yes. And I I would love to see where you end up putting the sticker on, be it a laptop, a Nalgene, a window of some sort. I don't know where to put mine. I'm nervous. I think I'm going to put mine on my Nalgene. What's a Nalgene? I uh, like those wa- those big fat water bottles you take hiking. Oh, I think I'm going to put mine on my dog. <laughs> like on his collar. See how long that lasts, Kate. <laughs> I don't know. I uh, See, I don't know. I can't think of anywhere good. I can't think of it. I can't decide if it'd be worse for you to put it on Charlie or Xander. 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 Yeah. Xander's, Xander's more active. It's gross. <laughs> yeah. We said the same thing in different ways. Yeah. But anyway, not here to talk about gross dogs. Let's get into some Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Do we have to? We sure do, because the patrons told us to. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a slave to the patrons we now. Slaves to the patrons. So yeah, now I, I can't pretend that I didn't see the recommendation for <laughs> Chainsaw Massacre. Have you, yeah, we've had a couple of people recommend it, and Emma's been in charge of sorting the recommendations, and I've since taken that privilege from her because she's no. abused it. You have abused it. You have No, we watched Saw. I was such a good sport. That's because I said, Emma, we need to watch Saw. <laughs> no. And then I said, maybe it. we'll do Texas Chainsaw because it also ranked well in the rating. So I You've take been avoiding it like this. the plague. Maybe a little bit. But I put I took it out of your hands. <laughs> but we do want to clarify that we want all of our listeners to send in suggestions. It's just the final poll that will be um, for the Patreons to choose from. Yes, please. And you can uh, email us at nightlighthorrormovieclub.gmail.com or you can... Uh, Send it to us via our website. Any of your suggestions. Or uh, Instagram us or Facebook us. or We're very just, easy to find. Yeah. <laughs> Not a whole lot of Nightlight Horror Movie podcasts. Like Kate said, today we're going to be talking about the 1974 horror classic Texas Chain Saw Massacre. Oh, good use and- of the gap. Very good. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Respect uh, for the space between Chain and Saw. Yeah. I, wanna, um, I want to distinguish it from the latter Chainsaw massacres it's different it's different um this we're going to be talking about the quote source material um if 
if you recall in this movie, they say that it's based on a, a true story. So we're going to kind make of look very heavy claims that it's based yeah. on a true story. We're going to dissect that a little bit more, see if there's any truth to that. And then we're also just going to talk about all of the horrific bi- behind the scenes, um, different fun facts about the actors and kind of how this movie was made. I, I kind of want to just tell everyone the opening scroll first. Before yeah, we go, go for it. Okay. So um, this movie has a, Star Wars style, <laughs> like opening scroll of texts that's yeah. narrated. Um, it, I was it, a little thrown at first whenever I saw that. I because I, I was pulling up the TV. I was like, "Is this what?" But it, it yeah. is a tone setter. I, so I watched this alone um, in the dark. I did because, too, actually. Well, yeah, because I did, I un, I'm just going to say I underestimated this movie greatly because I was like, oh, it's from the '70s, like it's it's what started all the horror tropes. So surely it can't be that good. It can't be that scary. And this was a tone setter. So the text reads. The film which you are about to see is an account of the tragedy which befell a group of five youths, in particular Sally Hardesty and her invalid brother, Franklin. It is all the more tragic in that they were young, but had they lived very, very long lives, they could not have expected, nor would they have wished to see as much of the mad and macabre as they were to see that day. For them, an idyllic summer afternoon drive became a nightmare. The events of that day were to lead to the discovery of one of the most bizarre crimes in the annals of American history, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yes, I that definitely set a tone for me. And <laughs> I was like, oh, I should pay attention. <laughs> yes, like <laughs> this you. This deserves I, my attention. I was used to, I think we did Saw and then we did um, a Little Shop of Horrors. So I was kind of in this oh maybe i can do horror movies mm, not so bad after all and this movie removed any uh confidence that i had in myself for my ability to tolerate horror um d- very very disturbing. disturbing very disturbing movie i was not ready no. um we'll go we'll go through the walkthrough in a minute but uh first well i guess first i need to pick my film genre the obvious choice for this is classic horror this is like iconic this movie is iconic to anyone whether you like horror or not i don't even know why that is but you're totally right it is i didn't realize it was so it was so such a cult classic i thought it was just like a a general blockbuster classic just because colloquially people know the phrase texas chainsaw massacre and people know who leather face is as a in the same way people know Freddy Krueger or Jason absolutely yeah he's he's one of the main ones he's he's one of the first like super horror villains he has there's a bunch of different tropes that we have in horror movies because they borrowed them from this movie and I know I it, it is definitely a cult classic and that there's there's a a smaller group of people who still have like a very strong appreciation for this movie and what it brought to the horror genre, but it was a very successful movie. So, well, it, it was, it was a hard road getting there, but it was a very, very successful movie. So the budget, I'm sure that you looked up a little bit. It's hard to miss how low the budget was for this movie. Do you have any idea? Right. I knew it was low. (laughs) Part of the reason I knew it was low was, was in the, one of the first, Fun facts that I I stumbled across about this was that John Laroquette, am I saying that correctly? I don't know who that is. So he's like from Night Court. You'd recognize him. He does the voice of the the intro. He's the narrator. So they allegedly he was paid a joint for like (laughs) a marijuana joint. Yeah, like like he was (laughs) he was he got a doobie for um, for giving this little narration. 
Um, not so that kind of 30 seconds of work. Yeah. That hinted to me that maybe this was going to be a lower budget film, but I, <laughs> I don't know the specific numbers. Uh, it, it was, so the, it, there's a range that people quote, but the most often quoted number that I have found is $80,000. 80,000, uh, to make it or the profit to make it to make $80,000 to make the entire movie to pay the actors. And I use the word pay very loosely because they got like diddly shit for their work in this movie, um, for the props, for the equipment, um, everything, everything in total was $80,000, which is absolutely nothing. What can you compare that to like another movie for me money wise? Uh, sure. So, um, Halloween, let me look it up to make sure I have it correct. Um, the original Halloween is one of the movies that is known as being like one of the another like very shoestring budget movie. I remember because um, they spray painted the leaves or something. Yeah, they literally bought craft store leaves and spray painted them to make it look like fall. And so that's known as one of the like the original like shoestring budget horror movies. And right. that came after this one. That was in 1978, so four years after. And that one was about um, about three hundred thousand dollars. Oh, so, wow. Over so, a quarter like, of a million dollars. And that was for, again, absolutely like nothing. Like that that's a bare bones budget. And this one did it for $80,000. Wow. Nothing. It did nothing. Cost nothing. Which is that's impressive funny. considering what this movie made with that budget. I How, mean, what did it make? So it made $31 million in the box. What? Budget. Yeah. Okay. So maybe... so. Is it a cult classic or is it a blockbuster? This was a blockbuster. This was definitely a blockbuster movie. It didn't make as much as Halloween. So Halloween made about, um, I think, twice that. I think like 60 mm-hmm. million. Yeah, I have it right here. The estimate of 60 to 70 million for that one. And this one was 31 million. But this was also a substantially lower budget and was before Halloween happened. So Halloween was kind of as that craze of horror movies was about to hit. And it was one of the first movies that did it. But this was before that. It did it Hmm. before Halloween did any of that. It set this stage. So I I would say that initially I would say this was a a cult classic. And even nowadays I would call this movie a cult classic because I don't think that many people go back and they watch the old one. And that may be a complete misunderstanding, but no one I know has seen the old Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And then the remake that came out, Marnie, one of our viewers, um, one of our patrons actually was quick to point out that the the sequel, or the remake, I should say, in the 2000s was, like you said, it was very poorly rated, but it was also a movie that did very well commercially and set off the remake horror craze of the 2000s. So hmm. it's... It's kind of both. <laughs> I'm honestly very impressed because, so I'm just going to go ahead and disclose that I hate this movie. <gasps> um, but hear I'm me out. I'm not that surprised, but I'm sad. Hear me out. I don't hate it because it's bad. I hate it because it genuinely made me feel really, really gross and uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And I remember watching Halloween years ago with our brother Austin and Halloween, I thought, was not a good storyline. So I, I didn't mean, think that Halloween was good. I never, if I, like, it's kind of vaguely familiar, but I think you and Chris got in trouble for that opinion. Yeah, we got in big trouble for that opinion. So I didn't, <laughs> with a, a man in a Shriner cap who came after us on Twitter. But <laughs> I, I, I am very vocal with my opinions. And I just didn't like Halloween. I didn't have that nostalgia for it that other people did. And I didn't like the story very much. 
Whereas th- I agree with you, this movie has a story. It has a very clear story. It has very set characters. It's not just like and I'm very interested. I'm very interested in Leatherface. I'm very interested in his little group, his family. Yeah, agreed. And it it goes in an unexpected direction for me, whereas Halloween just didn't. It went in a very very um, rhythmic and and calculated direction and this just felt like an absolute descent into mania yeah no i i agree with that because um you know i love a thriller because i love a twist and Mm -hmm. while you could have i mean i think we all were a little suspicious of the man selling uh barbecue at the gas station um well, like, I mean, I was in, like, trust no bitch mode, but he exactly. didn't raise any huge But I wasn't like, oh, he's obviously involved. And <laughs> I was like, oh, he's obviously, like, in a little family cahoots with Leatherface. Like, I, I thought that was a really good twist. And I, I liked all of the pieces coming together from the hitchhiker who was horrifying. Horrifying. Um, though he did remind me a lot of James Franco. He does have James Franco face a little bit. I looked it up. I like typed it in. a different energy. Or I was looking at memes or something. And I literally saw one that was like, does anyone else think that the hitchhiker? <laughs> I was like, yes. okay, it's not just me. It is not just you. I yeah. thought this, I, was, I, I couldn't put my finger on it for a long time. But like, he looks like someone very famous. Yeah. I the thought hitchhiker. that the, the um, so it's a little bit of a tangent, but it, it I promise it, it connects. So last week I was, um, I, I posted some stuff and I, when I was in Belize for my vacation, um, and the thing that was so scary on that trip, whenever we went to the Mayan ceremonial caves was that that was thinking that these things were actually done. Like people were getting high on uh, all sorts of medicines and like lighting a fire in this cave, seeing shadows because they're on all these drugs, but from their, their own shadows and like ceremonially sacrificing people because <gasps> They were overpopulated. And I was looking at jaws and femurs and things on the ground, not like in cases and stuff, just like on the ground. Just and it was just bones. It was just wild to think that. It was wild to think that people did that. Not and that so, long ago. Right? And so not for terribly me, long ago. The scariest horror is like true crime and like backwoods true detective vibe kind of horror stuff that actually happens in the world stuff that actually happens still in modern times that kind of reminds us of the worst version of humanity and the worst like the most base form of humanity and that's why this to me was so scary when it turned cannibalistic like it just really 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 freaked me out so (laughs) this is also a little bit of a tangent but um again i i very very deeply underestimated this movie and so I sat down to watch it in the dark and I had my little, sh- I had my shrimp ramen, my little cup of soup shrimp ramen. And I was eating that and literally I took a bite and it, the opening scene is like the flashes of camera bulbs, like flash bulbs and random shots of decomposing bodies. And I'm like, I literally like, bleh, like spit out my ramen <laughs> back into Here's my it. soup. Because <laughs> I had like the gooey noodles it just felt like decomposed body parts. And then I had bright red broth and I with stuff floating in it. And literally I, I paused it and I went outside and I finished my cup of noodle. I'm like, I, I don't think this is like a snack along kind of movie. <laughs> like it's not worth it. And it well, got way worse. So I made the right call. Yeah, it got way worse. Um, and honestly so bad that famously uh, Guillermo del Toro who did like Pan's Labyrinth yeah, and Del Toro. The Shape he of also Water. He did the scary stories to 
the to tell in the dark yeah remake. so he after watch after he watched this movie became a vegetarian for a while that makes a lot of sense right well, the scene where they talk about head cheese horrible also like scary because it's real yes scary because it's real and like uh i don't know it just no no <laughs> before we go into the movie i do want to talk a little bit more about uh the crew that made it the cast and crew i think it was like a total of about three dozen people very tiny. very tiny 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 and again no one got paid like anything um the dir- the director his name is toby hooper it's a horror name that you should know he's very frequently listed as one of the most influential horror makers horror filmmakers of all time um he passed away recently but very very big deal a name that we should know can i just um real quick i just want to interrupt and apologize in advance if you can hear lightning and thunder here you can't hear anything okay well if it does it just adds to the spooky ambiance yes no i was gonna say it's really scary and horrifying because for you yes because i'm alone i'm alone in peter's home i was wondering why your eyebrows were furrowed all this (laughs) it's just spooky well buckle in because we're gonna talk about cannibals yeah which I didn't know that Texas Chainsaw Massacre was about cannibals. I didn't either. I just, Which, what I, a great twist. I'll be honest. In my head, this movie was just someone with a chainsaw, Leatherface with a chainsaw, chainsawing stuff. Yeah, I thought so too. I thought it was just going to be like a Very classic basic. intruder sort of thing. No. <laughs> no, it's I mean, way it's worse. an intruder, but the kids are the ones that intrude. Yeah, really? Honestly, Texas probably stand my ground. They probably... <laughs> can defend maybe not eating them but i mean probably not i don't know that texas would have been <laughs> texas is a is an interesting state but not that interesting you know oh. after after the movie the um supposedly the texas state troopers thanked the guy who played the hitchhiker because they saw an 18 percent downtick <gasps> in crime because the message people were taking away from watching the movie was don't pick, don't up, pick hitchhikers. up hitchhikers. It's yeah. a good message, man. Isn't that funny? I can't wait to... I'll, we'll go through that scene in detail, but the the red flags that these people ignore with this hitchhiker, I cannot. <laughs> I truly can't. But back to Toby Hooper, because he he deserves our respect, and, and, and I love him. Um, he Speaking of Texas, he is also... He is from Texas. He's from Austin, and... Um, he also, a couple of other works that you might know that he's done is he's done a couple of Stephen King adaptations. Most notably, he's done Salem's Lot, that miniseries. Mm-hmm. And he did Poltergeist, which is you know, oh, very, wow. very loved and respected. Yeah. Now let's let's talk about the cast a little bit. Did you get to look up anything about Gunnar Hansen, who is Leatherface? Uh, no, not much. Okay. Well, um, he also unfortunately passed away recently uh, due to pancreatic cancer. So just rest in mm-hmm. peace to an absolute legend. Um, but very interesting. He was, he's from Reykjavik, Iceland. Oh, yes. Like from Reykjavik. And he came to Austin, um, to the University of Texas. Well, that's a climate change. Uh, yeah, especially for what he's about to do in like 113 degree heat in Texas. Jesus Lord. In a wool costume. It was a wool costume? Yep. Oh yeah, we'll get we'll get to what the heat did to people in a minute because the shoot the shoot was insufferable. But Leatherface um, Gunner Hansen, he was he's like the six four, three hundred pound dude, and he's not like a fat dude. Like he's not like he's just like a linebacker. He's huge, big boned, this big Icelandic linebacker. And he was um, he came to the University of Texas because he was studying. He was in grad school studying English and Scandinavian studies, which hmm. is very interesting when you. 
watch the movie and you're like, oh, that's a grad student studying Scandinavian studies. Cool he guy. was a grad student at the time of filming? Yeah. Huh. So, he, yeah, he came from Iceland to University of Texas to do his grad studies and then heard that, I guess, heard they were doing this very tiny movie and someone, because I think someone saw him and was like, oh, you would have been, you would have been really good. You're, you got the frame for it, but we already hired this guy. And then the guy they hired quit. And so they told um, Gunnar Hansen that and he showed up to the set and Toby Hooper was like, you, <laughs> you, <laughs> At, you, you, <laughs> you got this role. And so that's how he got Leatherface. And I'm so glad they picked him. I thought he did a amazing job considering he has no lines in this movie. It's all like very physical, very noise acting. Well, I did. One thing I did read about him was that he went to, he, he envisioned, they were giving him some creative license and he envisioned that Leatherface had some sort of intellectual handicap. And so what he did was he went to a school for the intellectually handicapped and watched their mannerisms and their methods of communication and use that to inform his character. And that the majority of audiences responded favorably to his interpretation of a handicapable person. I like that. Isn't that kind of nice? Because whenever it, I started reading nice. that little anecdote, I was like, oh, this is going to go poorly. Like, I don't like, no. Especially in the 70s. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, I was oh, like, this God. is a very the politically title of this movie time. uses the word invalid. You know what I mean? Yes. Her invalid brother. I'm like, oh, God, what did he do? No, but I it, I think that it actually has done well. Because he's a, he seems like he's an actually very sharp guy. <laughs> that Gunnar yeah. Hansen. Very sharp grad student. Anyway, he, he may soon come to regret that choice because of the the shooting experience of this movie. But um, I just want to give a couple of other shout outs to some of the main other actors in this movie. Marilyn Burns, who plays Sally, absolutely phenomenal scream queen, loved her deeply in this, did so well. She's not in a lot of other stuff, especially nothing that's not related to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But she she had me. I thought she did really, really well. She's definitely got some pipes on her. Quite some the screamer. Scre- screaming pipes. <laughs> And I think a good actress. I like bought her fear. I totally bought her fear. And uh, speaking of good actors, we got Jim Sidow and or Sidow. I'm not quite sure how to pronounce it. And he is Drayton, um, the, the the dad, and then Ed Neal, mm-hmm. who is Nubbins, the hitchhiker. So that that's the family unit. So you can tell I'm calling out everyone who is in the dinner scene. <laughs> yeah. What about Grandpa? Um, I try not to talk about Grandpa. I try not to remember <laughs> Grandpa. <laughs> Well, it's funny that you bring up Grandpa because um, I'm trying to remember what his name is. Oh, yeah. John Dugan. That was his name. So is he John alive Dugan, or dead? He's, he's alive. He's alive in this movie. He, like the character is supposed to be alive. He's just like half mummified, I guess. But John Dugan plays Grandpa and he's mostly in just the, the dinner scene, which I'll talk to talk about um, in a minute. But He's like, shoot he, him, Grandpa. <laughs> Guy keeps falling to the ground. He refuses. To, he, so he gets in the makeup. It's a 10 hour makeup process. And he says, I'm not doing that ever. I'm not, I'm doing it, not doing it again. Uh, You got one shot. (laughs) So they're like, well, I guess we don't really have a choice. And so they shot a 27 hour day. That's disgusting. They shot a 27 hour day. They shot it all at once. It was horrifically hot and putrid, but they had one day to do it because grandpa wouldn't cooperate. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like grandpa. Speaking of shooting, I guess I'll talk about it now. The shoot was horrific for everybody because for some reason they decided to shoot this in Texas in the summer. I don't know if you guys have been to Texas in the summer. It was 100 degrees. 
um, with an e- even higher heat index. They all of the interior shots are unair conditioned. They had one bathroom on set for all of the cast and crew for everyone. Ooh. Not to mention that everyone because there's they have like no no dollars for costuming. They have single sets of costumes for each character that so they can't be washed. They can't be changed. So they're just soaking up their hot bio. and smelly is what it sounds yes. like. Yes. And even like Gunnar Hansen, like bless him. No one wanted to hang out with him in between takes because he's mm. 300 pounds and he's wearing a wool costume that oh, he cannot baby. take off. Yes. And keep in mind also all the carcass props you see in this movie, like the bones and meat, all that's real. So they have Ooh. all these rotting animal carcasses. Where did they so find the, that? It's Texas. You can find that carcasses yeah. anywhere. Okay. Fair and, enough. And the dinner scene in specific was so horribly hot and putrid because they're inside, they're indoors that people would run to the windows and vomit in between takes to get in, like get fresh air. That is horrifying. I know. Add, and they all got paid a nickel for this. They got paid literally nothing because all of the cast took ownership shares rather than salary. Right. Because I mean, I would have done that too. Cause what your salary would be like, here's $5 and a, in a soda like here mm-hmm. you go so they all took ownership shares but they didn't realize that their shares were percentages of vortex which is the company that hinkle and hooper the writers set up to produce the movie so this other company um well not the other company one of the other producers parsley he owned the other half so technically they only have shares in half the movie Mm-hmm. Then on type on top of that, Bryanston distributors who later acquired the film um, for the release, they lied about how much the movie was making. Huh. And yeah, and, and sounds and illegal. The, oh, they did a lot of stuff illegal because Bryanston distributors was associated with the mafia. What? Yeah. What? You, <laughs> yeah. Really? They, Yes, really. They were associated with the mafia. The plot thickens. Yes. And these kid, these poor kids still don't have a paycheck. And the, the mafia is not going to give it to them. So they still don't have a paycheck. The mafia is lying about how much money the movie's making. And I guess laundering money in the process. And then, finally, Hanson and... I'm sorry, Hinkle and Hooper, the writers and the producers, take Bryanston distributors to court. But by that point... Bryanston had run out of money and you can't really get blood out of a stone. So like they can't sue him for anything. That is so trash. Yeah. It's terrible. I think, um, one of the actors, I, I believe that, yes, it was, um, the, the hitchhiker, Ed Neal, he was actually refer, he, he talked in an interview about how, oh, like a week after shooting, no check a month, no check three months, no check six months. They got a check in the mail for $27. Oh, that's like almost an insult. That's is that's a that's criminally ridiculous. Makes me want to scream, and I don't think they ever really got any any more money from it. And so, also, like I don't really recognize any of them, so it sounds like no one really got much fame from it either. Gunnar Hansen got like low key famous, just like I, just for being Leatherface. But yeah, you're right. No one else really got any anything else. Hopefully, they got a pretty good income just from subsequent movies whether they were trash or not i bet they made a good amount of money i hope so and they, they got my respect i respect you guys I respect the crap out of you for going through what you went through I'm oh, sure that also, makes up for all the all those lost funds <laughs> one more thing i want to bring up about how the shoot was literally torture um so the scene you know this oh my god it's the worst scene at and the, at the dinner scene where leatherface cuts sally and feeds her blood to grandpa 
glad I finished my ramen before that. Um, yeah. So she's feeding, you know, the blood to grandpa. So that obviously was, you know, supposed to be a knife that had like tape over it. So it was dull. And then they had like a, a bulb of fake blood that he would squeeze that would make that appear. Well, it wouldn't work. The bulb kept clogging. And at this point, they're like Ugh, 20, all this 25 horrible. hours or 25 hours into a 27 hour shoot in 100 degree heat in a room full of rotting meat. So um, Gunnar Hansen has, has had a fuck enough. And so he literally took the tape off when no one was looking and he actually cut her for that scene. So, because like, I was watching him, and I was like, that's really realistic looking. Well, it's because it is. Wow. I hope she was said okay to that she did not say okay to that <laughs> but oh my gosh everyone just wants to go home at that point and take a take a shower wow that's really intense also the saw was real this this honestly the is now i'm in contest for the most horrifying between the movie and the, the making of the movie yeah yes they used a real saw um and like and I told that to Nick and he's like oh my fiance and he's like oh well obviously you know they took the the chain off and I was like sometimes but sometimes they didn't sometimes a lot they of times forgot. they didn't which well, is no, really scary because I remember thinking whenever the, he runs I'm like well that's a kind of a risky game you're playing because if you trip that then you're gonna land on your saw that happened he didn't land on the saw but that scene where he's running after Sally in the dark Gunnar Hansen slipped and he and so the the chainsaw went in the air. It's, it has the chain on it, and he like hit the deck and covered his head and like just hoped for the best because like he doesn't know where it's gonna go. And it landed like inches away from him. Ew! And that scene at the end where he, he's just wildly swinging the chainsaw, like Hooper was like who was directing, and the camera operator were like dancing around him trying to stay out of the chainsaws because because it's a real chainsaw. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. Uh, you haven't told us anything about critical reception. Um, well, you've told us a little. Blame it all on me. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you're doing there. <laughs> now stop Emma. talking, Emma. <laughs> Why are you making me talk so much so that you can't talk? <laughs> so thanks so much for gracious, graciously inviting me to talk to you about critical reception. So um, I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but I will be a little bit more specific now. So IMDb's trash, except for watching movies, apparently. So thanks for that. But no yeah, let's not criticize them too hard. That's how you got to watch this movie. But no thanks. You can shove your seven up your... Anyway, so Rotten Tomatoes, however, are, are um, tried and true. Do you want to take a guess about critics and audience and you, where everyone landed? You told me it was fresh it was certified fresh or you didn't say that you just said it wasn't green which means it's not rotten yeah so I, I think that means it's above a 70 so i'm gonna say hmm mm, there's so much I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna be bold and i'm gonna say uh low 90s for both <sighs> you know this could have been a good thing but you did that thing where you shoot too high and now it's not oh. as good of a thing oh man <laughs> <laughs> so it was 89 percent, you asshole <laughs> i ruined it now that sounds disappointing it does. that's like whenever i tell nick i'm like how much you think how, like how much you think this costs? i think i got a really good deal and he's like i don't know like a dollar and i'm like god damn it <laughs> it was five <laughs> it was five but i tried well um and the audience gave it 82 percent. so better regarded by critics than by audience but both both agreed pretty good movie 
pretty good movie. Yeah, they did. <laughs> so it was definitely higher than I anticipated it being. Though well, I liked it. Well, okay, let me rephrase. I did not like it. Though I thought it had a good story and was effectively horrifying. You didn't like it, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, let's not get ahead of myself. Um, it's like the, every time I would ask Chris what he thought of a movie, and he's like, I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I just stopped asking at some point. Yeah, pretty much. Um, okay, so I, just a couple of comments. So one of the things that I thought was really interesting was that there were some comparisons to Tex or some references to Texas Chainsaw Massacre as a statement about the end of the American experience or what? like the sort of harsh dead end reality of the American experience. So this was during the Nixon era with the impeachments Things are kind of rough in America. On top of that, um, you, it's kind of mirrored in the movie where a lot of things are becoming increasingly industrialized. So um, you, if you recall in the um, van, they're talking about like how to kill cows and how that's putting people out of yeah. jobs. So people have, I mean, it's not like a large share of people, but some critics such as this one gentleman named Christopher Sherritt um, have talked about how you can use it as sort of an allegory for um, the dead end to the American experience. That seems a bit dramatic. I agree. I had to like kind of read into it because I was like, I don't know where you're going with this. But there, I didn't. I didn't pick up on any of that. Well, I also kind of might have fast forwarded a couple of parts. You fast forwarded through the movie? I didn't. I didn't. The only part you that can't I, do that, young the, lady. The only part that I fast forwarded was. When she was getting um, beaten and stuff, and the, it got—it was a lot. That's the last forty. It was minutes. a lot. It was a lot. Like whenever he was like jabbing her with a stick. Yes, and he's jabbing whenever the old man was sucking on her fingers. It was just a lot. Ah, Grandpa! <laughs> Grandpa's a burp. Grandpa's thirsty. Yeah, but a more common critic uh, comment was was like this one by Chris Stuckman. He said, "This movie is nothing but an exercise in tension." grotesque looming filthy tension and on that count the film works extremely well it it really really does in well my put, humble opinion <laughs> yeah I, I don't think i can say it any better than that grotesque filthy tense. filthy uh, i i relate to those things <laughs> I, re- I felt all of those things as i watched <laughs> this movie um speaking of gross and tense and grotesque and nasty uh, there's one one story that Toby Hooper tells or told about um, the Leatherface mask and some of his inspiration for that. Yeah. Well, I guess you know a little bit about ugh, Ed Gein. Do I? Do yeah. I ever? Yeah, you know all the true crime things. So yeah, I guess so- we might as now is a good a time as any to <laughs> talk about gross real things. Yeah, normally I talk about source material. Um, and this movie makes bold claims about being based off of a real live massacre. So that wasn't accurate. Um, and they like basically <laughs> said true. it happened at the time that would have like coinci- coincided with filming. So it doesn't really make any sense, but it did. It was a really good, um, marketing tool. Extremely um, good. Yeah. I mean, it made me very, very uncomfortable. What it is based on very, very loosely, um, is Ed Gein, and then Christmas shopping. So, <laughs> so 
Um, There's a third thing, too, that I'll tell you about. After oh, really? You okay. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll cover the first two. So Ed Gein, as I've talked about before, I think he was from like Minnesota or somewhere not the South. Um, and <laughs> he wasn't from where we are from. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he was not a neighbor to any of the states I've lived in. Um, and he um, was known for digging up bodies which does happen in this movie and skinning those bodies and um, which does happen in this movie which does happen in this movie keeping some parts in the fridge which does happen in this movie and also wearing one corpse um as a skin dress oh my god uh, so he oh was my god not really a true serial killer because he's only documented as killing two people um but he is a real creep that's uh, plenty yeah he did plenty and caused plenty of nightmares so a real weirdo, that one. Um, but that's about the extent of which Leatherface was based on a real person. The story of Leatherface... Well, not the story of Leatherface. The the inspiration for <laughs> that's, Texas... That's this Ch- movie, yes. <laughs> that's what we've been talking about him. Oh, really? No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> you the, didn't watch any of it. <laughs> just fast-forwarded from the beginning to the credits. I like, listened to the... I watched the little rolling introduction. and said, nope. <laughs> I did that. too, but I still had to watch it. Yeah, when the um, hitchhiker started cutting himself, I, I was out. Oh my God. Jesus we'll Lord. We'll get there. Uh, but briefly, the inspiration apparently for this movie, the director was in a Christmas store um, and it was he very... Was, he wasn't, it wasn't like a Christmas store. He wasn't like... He was like, Christmas shopping. Yeah. <laughs> he wasn't so at the North Pole. Let's make it <laughs> a little I mean, little I think of a Christmas store. I think of a store. I don't necessarily think of like he's in the North Pole, but... Apparently That's Kate does. That's so what I think. He was in a really busy store, Christmas shopping, and he's like, I need to get the fuck out of here. I it is overcrowded. I want out. And he thought then he saw some chainsaws on the wall and Back thought when they him, had displays of chainsaws yeah. and JC Pennies. So yeah, I guess not necessarily a Christmas store. Um and <laughs> the first thought he had was I could just chainsaw through these people. And apparently he went home from that and started like he's from like Kate said he's from Texas and just really got this out of his system very just quickly. It out. Really turned it out. What's the That's third piece cool. I'm missing? Uh, well, the third piece is um, it's a story that a doctor told Hooper that I do not think happened. I think a doctor was pulling his leg and Hooper is a very gullible man. But the doctor told Hooper that he had skinned a cadaver in a morgue when he was a med student so that he could make a Halloween mask. That doesn't seem kosher at all. That doesn't <laughs> seem like anyone would look up, like turn a blind eye to that. Like, I like walk back into the, the anatomy lab with all of our donors. I'm like, where's the face of my donor? <laughs> yeah. Like everyone would notice. I would definitely notice. I was very attached to my donor in a healthy yeah, way. Yeah, Everyone is. And everyone's yeah, very respectful. respectful of your donor. Yeah. Everyone's very respectful. No one's excited to hack. The, well, I can't speak for all. Of I can't speak for everyone. But, but what I will say is people like grave robbing to, to, um, get cadavers is a thing that happened, but I cannot imagine it, ha- it having happened to anyone that was alive to tell the director about it. No, absolutely not. Did yeah. I ever tell you about the time that Nick came with me to the cadaver lab on accident? No. Oh my God. Poor Nick. So but he I, didn't well, obviously that. he didn't like it at all and don't bring it up to him, but he, so, um, this is vet school, obviously. So it was animal cadavers, which are resourced very respectfully and are treated with respect, blah, 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 blah. That's not the point of this story. 
Nick had to come with me to go get my notebook. I left my notebook at school and it was my first year and I was like, oh, like, do you want to come see the vet school? It was like a Saturday or a Sunday, like Mm -hmm. no one was going to be there. I was like, oh, come, come with me to find my notebook. And I didn't expect there to be any animals in the cadaver lab because it was like a Sunday at midday, but apparently they had been preparing the cadavers for our next lab. And so Hmm. Nick walks in and there's just body parts everywhere. Oh, poor thing. I know. And Nick, Nick literally cannot handle whenever I smell like an animal at all. I don't think he knew what he was getting into in this relationship, (laughs) but I can attest to that. (laughs) Oh my God. Poor Nick. He walked in and turned white as a sheet. And I was like, okay, there's my binder. And I went and I got my binder. I'm like, let's go. I'll drive. (laughs) Oh, he was really upset. Everyone pour one out for Nick and his PTSD. Poor one out for Nick Kate. for the time that I bent over to pet the dog when I came home for school and a piece of horse cadaver came out of my hair. <laughs> Unfortunately, He's, that is a, a thing that does happen. Well, yeah, because you have to get like underneath the horse cadaver. Like I'm like in it. The funny thing though is like if you try to trade, like if you had a piece of human cadaver fall out of your oh hair, my God, that'd be no. very, very not okay. And if I had a horse because cadaver fall out of my hair, that would well, also be very not okay. <laughs> All of it's not okay in yeah. Nick's eyes. There's no excuse to <laughs> okay, make. Okay, fair enough. I'm like, I'm learning medicine. He's like, I don't care. He's like, you're not doing it very well if it's in your hair. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> I don't like your style. Go take a shower. <laughs> okay, well, we have talked plenty enough about nasty... Na- well, I guess we're going to talk about more nasty stuff. But we we've talked, talked plenty enough. We've, <laughs> we've danced around the nastiness, and I would like to just get through it. Much as Tom to- Toby Hooper danced around the chainsaw for the filming of that final scene. <laughs> nice, Kate. I do want to say one more thing. The original title of this movie, do you know what it was? Yes. It was Head Cheese. <laughs> head Cheese. Can you? I would have gone into that movie thinking it was something very different. I wouldn't have gone into that movie. So <laughs> That's funny. somehow the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is less gross yes. than Head Cheese. And then they were going to call it Leatherface, um, which I don't think would have done it justice. And then they went with Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It sounds like more prolific. Yeah, you know, that title, the now, the now, what's the word I'm looking for? Classic, iconic, that's the word, mm-hmm. title. That was suggested by Warren Scarin, who was the head of the Texas Film Commission. Interesting. Yeah, interesting he'd want to condemn his own state like that. Yeah, he's like, you know what? How about some free tourism? You know what? Fuck this state. Let's call it. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck tourism. Honestly, it's actually done good things for tourism. Like the house um, where like Leatherface is home. Obviously, that's not there anymore. Well, not obviously, but that's not there anymore. But now there's a restaurant there and they're very proud of the, um, you know, the movie heritage. It doesn't surprise me. That's how you have a bunch of weirdos like us. It's like a regular restaurant. Like there's there no, are like, hundreds of bones. us. Thousands. <laughs> <There are> dozens. <laughs> but it's still there. Oh, wait. One more thing. One more thing and I'll stop. <laughs> one more thing. That's a lot of things, talk about this movie. I'm sorry. This movie is fascinating. But they wanted to rate this movie PG. <laughs> it's not. Who in the fuck would rate this movie PG? Who's so, trying to get that audience to watch it? So back then. It's like Jaw style PG. <laughs> Yes, because back then they didn't have PG-13. Remember, guys, we talk about this a lot, but we didn't have PG-13 until 1984, thanks to Gremlins and Temple of Doom. Yeah. So Spielberg is who to thank for PG-13. Wait, and so, the other one. It wasn't just Gremlins. It, there was an, it was the one that we watched. Gremlins. This was my fun fact, but it wasn't Gremlins. We haven't watched Gremlins. 
I looked this up, so your fun fact was incorrect. No, it wasn't. Okay, I'll we'll come back. We'll, we'll circle back to it. We'll take a beat and circle back. But they talked to the, Toby Hooper talked to the Motion Pictures Association of America, the MPAA, and he was like, hey, I really want to get a PG rating. What do I do? And they were like, hey, like, try to limit the blood. So, you know, C for effort, <laughs> Hooper. Well, there's not a whole lot of overt blood. A lot there's of a lot it's of like, implied blood. Yeah. The but that also, like, I kind of like that gross. because it's one of those things, and I think we've talked about this um, previously and in, in the context of even, like, puppeteering and stuff, but when you have just lots of overt gore or overt, um, like, CGI and stuff, there's something that's so obvious and um, blunt about it mm-hmm. as opposed to when you have to it's, use it's your imagination or it's, it's never more as subtle. scary as no, your imagination not. is. Yeah, so because you, you're going to think up the worst iteration in your mind. Of course you are. And that's what you're going to see when you close your eyes. But now I just see, well, I see Grandpa sucking on Sally's finger. That's so. really disgusting. I know. I know it is. But they tried to limit to PG and, you know, that didn't work. So it's That R. last scene warrants an X writing. PG. It was horrible. It was so horrible. It, there, we've seen worse movies. It Have wasn't we? that bad. The dinner scene was pretty bad, but it it's was not. disgusting. Well, let's go ahead and start talking about it. Shall we dive right in? Yeah, let's get let's get this done with. Let's get this over with. Um, so we have Sally and um, her brother Franklin, paraplegic brother Franklin, and they have their friends Jerry, Kirk, and Pam. Don't get attached to them, and they are going to this remote area in Texas to investigate reports of vandalism and grave robbing, which we have been hearing through the intro over the radio. And they specifically want to go to this um, cemetery where their grandfather is to make sure that his grave is intact. You know, so a pretty fun road trip overall. And so while they're there, they decide to visit like their grandpa's old like house, like the old family homestead. And on their way, because it's the seventies, they pick up a hitchhiker by the slaughterhouse. And just so, everything they're doing is wrong. Th- and this guy is giving every single clue that he and wants to And what radio station are they listening to? It's like the most morbid radio station on earth. It's just 24-7 uh, grave robbing radio. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a great spooktastic radio station. Sounds but, like good road trip music to me. No, it does not. So they have this creepy unhinged hitchhiker who was on the side of the road. And uh, no one's wearing a seatbelt, obviously. <laughs> They just have Franklin just loose. I think they maybe locked the wheels of his wheelchair. He's just rolling in the back with a with a knife, a pocket knife that he's picking. There was that one scene fingers. where he just falls down the hill for no apparent reason. For no reason. <laughs> for no reason. But they pick up this hitchhiker who is telling them with his eyes and his bodily movements that he wants to kill them. Um, the guy is super, super crazy. He starts talking about how he works at the slaughterhouse and how they slaughter animals. And he and Franklin like low key bond for a second on how head cheese is made. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then I honestly Frank- thought Franklin was doing a good job of like pacifying the scary, pacifying the scary guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, I thought he was too. Great bedside manner. <laughs> what I was thinking. Overall, but it almost it's almost like they had a little bit in common. Like they were, they were like, yeah, I like head cheese too. 
And I was like, gross, Franklin. Gross. <laughs> Get it together, Franklin. But he, Franklin has his pocket knife and he pulls it out. And then, because um, that's what you do in front of a crazy hitchhiker. And then. Hey, want to see this weapon? <laughs> you want to see a weapon? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the hitchhiker grabs it and takes the knife and cuts his own hand. And they still don't kick him out. They're like, hey, man, like, don't do that. Like, be cool. I thought so he I puts think it's it kind of hard to be like, get the fuck out. You don't want to anger him. I would be like, well, that's it. We, we've reached our destination. The side <laughs> of the road. Speeds off. <laughs> that's what I'd do. I'd be like, get the fuck out of my car. So he cuts his hand with his knife. And everyone's like, yo, man, like, give him his knife back. Put the knife down. And then he's like, that's okay. He gives him back. And he's like, that's okay. I have my own knife. And they're like, okay, that's great. Now put that knife out too. And then he pulls out a camera and takes a photo of Franklin. And then he tries to get Franklin to pay for it. Like he's panhandling, but inside the car. And then they refuse to pay for it. So he takes the photo, puts, wraps it in some tinfoil and lights it on fire in the car. So there's an open flame in the car that he then puts out. They still don't kick this guy out of the car. Then he takes his, you know, his straight razor and slashes Franklin's arm. Yeah, so that, then that was like, the final right, straw. <laughs> that's, that's it. Five start- strikes and you're <laughs> out. Five strikes, you're out. You know the saying. <laughs> <laughs> and so they throw him out of the moving car. Uh, then they stop at a very creepy gas station, very much the gas station from Cabin in the Woods. Yes, I definitely thought about that. Absolutely, it's that gas station in there with the prophetic old man. Yes, and they want to refill their vehicle, but the guy's like, ah, "I don't have any gas. Uh, the gas tanks are going to come tomorrow." Hey, why don't you guys stay and have some barbecue? The gas station will be the gas tanks will be here any minute. Don't that was that. my clue. I'm, I was like, "Which is it? Tomorrow or any minute?" Don't try. Oh, I didn't. Ca- I didn't catch that. I, I, I caught that and I was like, I don't like that. And then they're like chewing on, you know, barbecue after they talked about slaughterhouse. And the house. way that Franklin chews on that barbecue. Oh my God. The most disgusting way you could chew on barbecue. He's like also, gnawing these, on it. He's gnawing on it. But these children are just like unfazed by their very near death encounter with a hitchhiker, like down the street from here. But they are, they're fine. They're going to go to their old family house that's, you know, dilapidated and so they go there and they they want to go to the swimming hole so two of them kirk and pam leave to go to the swimming hole franklin's being a real a real sour puss about it Mm -hmm. because to be fair franklin's like in a wheelchair and they're just like all right franklin we're here let's all run well they're being dicks they leave him in the car they leave him did they leave him in the car or they didn't leave him in the car he was outside the car he might have been outside the car but they left him on a terrain that he could not traverse by himself and they invited him on the trip so they are obliged to take care of him like it was real real rude and sally at one point is like all but says like i didn't want you to come on this trip like that was a that was a courtesy invite that you were supposed to say no to well franklin Franklin. a little bit odd himself franklin's a little bit annoying but honestly i would be too but so are these girls who can't stop giggling it's not no it's mostly pam pam's the giggle one (laughs) Pam's got the gigs. She really does. So um, they're like, I like hey, when he makes gonna... fun of her. What, what are you talking? Oh, whenever he's giggling. When he's time. giggling, making fun yeah. of her. Yeah. He's just giggling and going. <laughs> I was wondering if that's why he was blowing so many raspberries. If it was because they couldn't curse for the PG rating. So he just blows a bunch of raspberries when he gets upset. It's a different tone, yeah. but I'm glad they went there. <laughs> Me too. So he directs. Um, Pam and Kirk to the local swimming hole. He's like, oh, it's through those trees. So they go down there and the swimming hole's all dried up. 
but then they see a nearby house and they can hear a generator and like, oh, like those people are going to have gas. Like, and they come up with a plan. They're like, okay, I'll give them a couple dollars, then I'll take the gas, then we'll come back here and I'll give them a couple more dollars and everything will be cool. And, and by Pam's the way, like, I'm also going to give them the guitar that no one asked for. Yeah, he's like, I'll leave them my guitar. And Pam's like, no one wants your stupid guitar. <laughs> no one wants your guitar. But um, Pam makes herself cozy on the, the porch swing outside. And Kurt goes in, inside, just goes into the house uninvited. Um, the do- front door's unlocked, so you can just go in and ask for gas. So he walks in, asks for gas, comes comes across Leatherface, dun, 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 large man. He doesn't talk. He's got a, a face mask made of human skin. He's huge. He's, He's very large. And he just appears and uh, immediately <laughs> sledgehammers Kirk in the head. Yeah, done. it's a pretty quick death. Uh, it's pretty merciful. Also, like... Merciful? I mean, it was pretty quick. I mean, compared to some other characters yeah yes also he i mean it was wrong i'm not i'm not a leather face apologist oh but my I, god I what do, are you about to say i do want to say that um he was intruding on private property emma are you one of those people <laughs> no are you one of those i just want to give a smidge of sympathy to Leatherface, who was no, startled ma'am. while no, he ma'am. No, ma'am. He's like a kind of, of a sympathetic character. He's getting beat up by his family. You're gonna you're gonna be eating those words later. Whenever Leatherface does a lot worse stuff, I know, I know. Okay, then sledgehammer someone with a in, in the head, which is what he just did. That you're totally being a Leatherface apologist for. <laughs> I'm not condoning his behavior, <laughs> but you are allowing it <laughs> you're like well they pick on him <laughs> <laughs> don't pick on well, people they're not nice to him yeah they're being dicks well not kirk and pam they weren't being dicks no they fair. were being a little familiar <laughs> walking into his house so he's dead um then pam is like i guess it's my turn to go inside so she goes inside goes into the grossest room ever it's like this room filled with bones and like bird droppings and there's a chicken in a cage and there's a bunch of like partially decomposed animal carcasses. So she tries to run. All right, this part's not funny, but it's kind of funny because of a meme I saw. Um, so she's running and then Leatherface, like he's like eight times her size, just like grabs her from behind as she runs out of the door, picks her up and takes her back inside. And this is funny because of a meme I saw. <laughs> That it was whenever he hugs you from behind. Yes. It was that gift. <laughs> yes, I saw that one. Oh, it's they, so good. This movie gave us really quality meme content. Because now I, now I can look it up and I understand what they're referencing. And it's quite hilarious. It's hilarious. So Leatherface grabs her. It's like, her. don't chase a man. If he loves you, he'll chase you. <laughs> <laughs> like a feather fin with a chainsaw running down the highway. <laughs> Um, so he picks her up, takes her inside kicking and screaming and, um, like mounts her on a meat hook. So like, you know, that was gross. Her. That was very it was gross. gross, but I appreciated the lack, la- the lack of audio effects. Yeah. They didn't, they didn't do that to us. She just, you know, was on the ground and then she was not on the ground. <laughs> yeah. She's on a meat hook. Yeah. And she so, took it pretty well, honestly. Like she screamed, but not as much as I thought she was going to scream for getting skewered. Sure. I guess it's relative. But then he makes her watch as he chainsaws Kirk up into that little pieces. That was rude. That was really rude. It was unkind. 
So now it's... Uh, I can't back you up on this one, Leatherface. <laughs> Leatherface, we really tried. <laughs> but now one of the other um, members of the group is going out to look for Pam and Kirk. And so, and this is, this is one of the main tropes, you know, like, oh, where'd they go? Now I gotta go. Oh, where'd mm-hmm. that guy go? Now we gotta go. Very tropey, this movie, but like in Very a classic tropey, way. But it invented it. Like, yes. this is where the tropes came from. So you That's can't even fair. really call them tropes. So he goes in the house again because anyone can just walk into any house in Texas. No, of you really, states, really can't. <laughs> of all the states to not do this. Yeah, thing. exactly. Don't do it in Texas. And so he goes into the house and Pam's still alive, kind of. Like she's, she, he opens a freezer and she's in the freezer and then like gives a jump scare scream and then Leatherface, you know, immediately kills him. He's, so, like, get, he's like, get back in there. Yeah. <laughs> He scolds her back into the freezer. It's like, no. <laughs> so one, two, three. We got three of the five dead, <laughs> gone. We're like forty-five minutes in the movie. Yeah, this is where it really escalates. Oh, I'm so sorry. Hold on. Make sure you edit this really well because there are a lot of pauses. Thanks. Sorry. <laughs> so now it's so. I'm sorry. So then there were two. We have Sally and Franklin the brother and sister and they're hanging out by the car and they're like, all right, well, I guess we got to find him now. So they find the neighboring house and they're trying to find him. And Leatherface is one step ahead of him. They don't get a chance to, you know, intrude in his house, not this time. So he lunges from the darkness and just chainsaws the crap out of Franklin while he still sits in his chair. And this is one thing I will say, um, all of the actors didn't like Franklin's actor. Because Franklin was a method actor, which was entirely unnecessary for this type of movie. <laughs> I think he's overacting it a little bit. If he's method acting this he's, he was POS method. filming. I, I lo- hey, hey, have I some respect. I didn't say the movie is bad. I'm just saying the do- like That's the true. process like, of filming was a little... Yeah, no one, no one's expecting 110% here, but exactly. Like he can, but he, he, I, I really liked his acting, but apparently he was like, and this is from his own, his own words. He's like, yeah, I was like, I was a young actor and I didn't really realize that this wasn't theater and I didn't have to be method all the time. And Franklin to him and to me is like kind of an annoying character. And so he was just annoying and whiny all the time. So no one liked hanging out with him, including Aww. Leatherface. So <laughs> Leatherface, you said, know, you got a problem with Leatherface won't hang out with you. <laughs> Leatherface going out with you and so Leatherface said I shouldn't say Leatherface Hanson said that Franklin was the main character that he enjoyed actually enjoyed killing so that's really funny high praise so now we're just we just got Sally it's just Sally and so Leatherface is now chasing Sally Sally runs to the house we have another trope I should mention Sally is blonde she runs upstairs <laughs> I should mention Sally is a blonde woman she runs into the house runs up the stairs and she finds like grandpa this like dried out mummy of a man and she I mean this this is I guess she does the best with her poor decisions because Leatherface is coming up the stairs and she's like nope jumps out the second floor window this is not the first I mean will not be the last window that she jumps she out of. also makes him jump which I thought was really endearing it was horrifying but I read somewhere that it's the only movie where a hor- <laughs> where like a horror villain gets spooked <laughs> Oh, wait, did, did he spook? Did she spook him? Yes, whenever she was at the top of the stairs and jumped out from the top of the stairs, and when he was coming in, he, like, kind of pulls back before he proceeds to run up after her. Like, ah, oh, wait, I'm the bad guy. Yeah, exactly. It seemed like there was, like, a moment of recognition. <laughs> wait, funny. I have the power here. 
<laughs> That's really funny. Oh, I like that. Thank you yeah. for bringing that up. So she's she's given it all she got, all she's got. She's not going to die today. She's got she's, great endurance for all the running she does in this next scene. Absolutely. Her adrenal glands are going Berserk. full speed ahead. Adrenaline going. And so she's running down the road now, like out in the woods pretty much, and Leatherface is running after her. This is where Hansen slipped and almost like killed himself with a chainsaw. Whoops. Oops. So she runs back to the gas station and finds Creepy Joe. And what is his actual name? I've been calling him Creepy Joe in my head. Drayton? Ah, it does not matter. Drayton and Nubbins. Drayton and Nubbins. So Creepy Joe is what we're going to call Drayton. So Creepy Joe is in the gas station. He's trying to comfort her. Immediately I am uncomfortable with how much he's like touching her face. Yes. And how he doesn't close the door behind her. She's like, close the door. Call the police. There's a man. He's like, what's happening? What? I, what's going on? Huh. She's like, we need to go call the police. He says, well, well, we don't have a phone here. We're going to have to drive to the next village, Childress. And so he goes to get his truck. Comes back from the truck. Does she see the, the meat on the stove? Is that how she knows? At this point of the movie, I was kind of watching it between my fingers, so it gets a little fuzzy. This is where it gets dark. <laughs> this yeah, is where that's it the escalates. Not not just Leatherface with a chainsaw. This scene. Like, no, this is where I get scared. Forward. I get scared from this point on. I wasn't scared by Leatherface until this point. Yes, because this is where it gets a little real. I, like you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, like real and bread. Like trying to stuff. trust people and yes. then can't. So he comes back from his truck. And I, I feel like I was Sally in that moment because Sally's like shirt is torn open. Um, she's like in her, her clothes are in tatters and he comes back with what I thought was a jacket. And I was like, oh, that's sweet. He's got a jacket to like cover her up. Mm-hmm. And then it was a sack. I'm like, wait. <laughs> <laughs> and then he reaches in the sack. I'm like, wait. And he pulls out rope. And I'm like, wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does though when he's approaching. It was a good good scene kind of or a good shot because it really looks like he's going to put a coat on her yes it was you thought that too yeah i did i was like that's so sweet wait nope and, <laughs> and she Sa- you can kind of see her like, reaction too yes sally is going through the same emotions and she's like no yeah. god damn it no and so she grabs a knife next to her and he's like there's no need for all that because he's got a broom. And so he gets the broom next to him and just thwaps the gun out of her hand or the, the <laughs> knife out of her hand. Just thwaps her. He does a lot with this broom. He then really he, does. You know, knocks her, knocks her out cold, t- like ties her up, puts a sack over her head, and then uses the handle of the broom to just like poke her and giggle. He's having the best time. Just It's creepy. It real, is so creepy. It's real, real gross. Watching him just like poke her. And so he gets her in the car and he's like, oh, okay, are you comfortable? I want to make sure you're comfortable. Poke, 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 poke. Oh, it's no, no, no like need to be all. worried. Everything's going to be okay. Poke, 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 poke. It's creepy. And it's it's real in a way that I feel like I don't see a lot in acting in horror movies. No, it's just that, that subtle perviness of real life. Yes. And like how convincingly he says the things in between the poking. Like he's like, okay, now don't worry. Like I'm not going to hurt you. No, it was very real serial killer scary vibes. Didn't didn't love it. So they get to the house at the same time as the hitchhiker who, surprise, is Leatherface's brother. And so 
they, they, they unload Sally and take her inside. She's bound and gagged. And Leatherface is now dressed as a grandma. I think he's wearing grandma's skin and scalp. Yeah. It's like a little funny, a lot not funny. Yeah, I, I agree with that. He's like serving dinner. like, and he's like wearing grandma's skin. And you're like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, it's. I no. thought I was watching a very simple movie. I was deeply upset at this point. Yes. The, then they're like, go get grandpa for dinner. And so the hitchhiker brings down the desiccated body from upstairs. So that's grandpa. And um, he's alive. <laughs> he's not dead. He's alive because they um, cut Sally's finger to feed grandpa. And so she's sucking D- on disgusting. Sally's finger. D- so gross. Worst scene in the movie easily. Yes. And so... They're all sitting at the dinner table. This scene is super, super famous. It turns out the dinner scene sequence of Texas Chainsaw Massacre and for very good reason. It is just like you are uncomfortable the entire, every second of this scene. You're like viciously uncomfortable. And so like, all right, now, now, like who's going to kill Sally? And they're like, grandpa, I'll do it. Grandpa's the best killer there ever was. He'll do it in one stroke. And looking at grandpa, I'm like, I don't know about that. (laughs) (laughs) So they like, Force Sally over like a like a bucket, I guess, for her blood to make it clean up easier. And they keep trying to give Grandpa the gun. This part was kind of funny. The, the sledgehammer. They're trying to give Grandpa the sledgehammer. And um, I, Emma, you you're you're kind of a SpongeBob fan, right? So you yeah. know the firmly grasp it. Firmly grasp it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where they're trying to put the um, jellyfish net in Squidward's hand, but yeah. he's all bandaged up, and they just keep putting it on him and keep falling. Off. Yes, yes, yes. That's yes. exactly what this scene is. Just creepy and so they're trying to they're like all right now bash your head in grandpa and he's like very loosely holding it just falls out of his hand like no no like this grandpa yeah (laughs) you do it grandpa you can do it he's just falling off so then finally hitchhiker's like no like i'm gonna do it and so he tries to grab it so there's like a a little bit of a struggle and this is her chance sally breaks free and does what she does best jumps through a closed window and so she worked for her the first time it sure did. She's like, I'm not, she is not, she's not dying today. Like, she's like, no. So she jumps out the window and runs. <laughs> she can still run. She has been hogtied, sledgehammered, stabbed, broom handled. She has been through all of it. Jumped through plate glass windows twice. One on a second story window. Yeah. And she is still there. And it's believable. It's believable, like, the breaths that she has to take to, like, pull herself back up and run. Yeah. It's no, not, like, all superhero of, I think running. Her reactions throughout this entire thing, to me, are very believable. Absolutely. So she is she is fleeing. Um, Leatherface and the hitchhiker are not having that. So they give chase. Um, the hitchhiker very quickly gets run over, which is a, a small breath of relief. It, it really he's, was. He's the creepier of the two. He had to go. Leatherface is the least creepy of the three which of them, saying honestly. A lot. Which is saying a lot, considering he is currently wearing his third mask of the day, which is covered in makeup. The eyebrows and the eyelashes were the worst part for me. They're terrible. <laughs> just <laughs> they're no. terrible because they look too human. They look disgusting because, like, from afar, that just looks like a vague paper mask, and then you get up close and you see like these eyelashes and eyebrows, and it's viscerally disgusting. It's gross. So Leatherface still has his chainsaw. He grabbed that chainsaw. So the, the the truck that ran over his brother has now like stopped and they're trying they're having this like complicated just like it's it's very like awkward in in a good way, like in a real way that yes. you wouldn't really know what to do. You yeah, just get away. He's really stepped into a shit storm. 
Yeah, this truck driver is like, what the shit? First, he thinks he hit somebody, which he did, but with which he did, which was great, Um, awesome. And then I was confused when they go. Did does the truck break down? Because it seems like they go through one side of the truck and out of the other side of the truck. I think they're just running. I think I don't think they're thinking very hard Mm because yeah, they're they're the other face is on one side of the truck door, and so they just go through. And they're but they're not. I don't think I don't think they're gonna risk like cranking the truck and getting it rolling while he's like chainsawing through the window so they just go out the other side of the Fair truck enough. then um the guy the, the truck driver also grabbed like a pipe wrench which is brilliant because he now has a, something and so they're running they're running and the truck driver takes a pipe wrench and like chucks it at leatherface's face and knocks him cold leatherface falls down kind of dropping the chainsaw so it starts to chainsaw through Leatherface's leg. leg. Yeah. Uh, um, The driver takes off. He runs off and Sally sees another pickup truck and (laughs) jumps into the back of the the bed of the truck while Leatherface is just I think it might have been the pickup truck of the is it the family pickup truck? What family pickup truck? The one that they kidnapped her with? No. Well then where does that truck come from? The road. They're on the road. But There's it's like just cars going there. by. It's no, just, like it drove by. There wasn't a third person, I didn't think. Yes, there was. Oh. I it's was doing some hardcore covering of my face. I can, it shows. You have yeah. no idea what happened. <laughs> it was, I was, it was just a lot. So she, what happened she to the first in, truck driver? They don't say. <laughs> oh, man. I, I think I think he lives because the last scene you get, we have Sally in the bed of the pickup truck as it's going down the highway. She man, she barely escapes Leatherface and yeah. she's like scream laughing. She's gone absolutely insane. And then Leatherface, the last scene is just him like maniacally flailing his chainsaw in the air, just swinging it around. And that is it. Then it like sharply smash cuts. It's done. Yeah. So I presume the first truck driver lived because Leatherface didn't then go after him. But like if he's just hanging out outside that area, it doesn't sound good for him. My headcanon is he got in his truck and then took off. That is my headcanon. I like that. It's entirely made up. Well, none of this is real, as you have said. And Leatherface isn't done killing because there are sequels. Yeah, (laughs) that was my big takeaway from him. Vroom, vroom on the like, you know, it was very... He's not Very setting you up for a sequel. But that is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Gross. Exceeded my expectations tremendously. I'll say it was much more complex and had a much better storyline than I anticipated. That being said, it was awful. You hated it. <laughs> you hated it. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. Well, now we have to rate it. You okay. can't put it at the bottom. No, no, no. I'm not going to. I mean, if I was going to put everyone at the bottom, it would continually, each movie would go to the bottom. And that doesn't make for a very good list. (laughs) It'd make this segment a lot easier. So let's see. Let's pull up that scoreboard. If you guys want to check out our scoreboard, it is on our website, which is linked through our Instagram and through our Facebook. Uh, And there's a whole area that says scoreboard. And so let's let's look up there and see see what we got. All righty. So I think... This will be in the top half. I do too. Wow. Okay. Well, because a lot of these movies are gross and heinous, but <laughs> if it okay. has a good storyline, it's gross and heinous. At least gives me a discriminator. Okay. All right. So where would you put it? 
Um, let me see. And I'm going to need your help because I've not seen all of these. I've listened okay, to yeah. all of the episodes, but let me mm-hmm. kind of explore a little bit. I'd put it in if- the top 20. Oh, oh, that's very generous of you. Okay. Well, so I'm thinking of these. So I would put it below Scream. Yeah, this has to be below Scream. I would put it below The Shining. I'd put it below Creep. Um, mm-hmm. Would you put it above or below Hush? I'd put it above Hush. Well, and then there's the I haunt- don't know that I would. Ah. Uh, eh. It's tough. It's tough. I think Hush is a more complex. It is a more complex movie. But I, I, this one has a special spot for what it does for the horror genre as a whole. I would agree with that. So it has, it gets massive points for that. So above, I th- the weird thing is, I feel like we put Haunting of Bly Manor maybe too high. I don't look at it quite as fondly as I did initially. Um, either. So we have that That's at nineteen, the, right above. We can't Hush. really move it though. Yeah. Okay, so I'm looking. Okay. For me, this is a little bit lower. Okay. It's just a little bit lower, just out of the fact that it's from the 70s and it's 2021. It, it just, it, you know, it's hard to compare it to some of these outstanding multi-million dollar budget movies. Okay. I would put this mm-mm-mm. 29 probably. 29? Okay. Well, let's do 29 then. 29, because that, cause that is... Um, Right below Black Crit. No, this is above Black Christmas. Uh, I lied. Okay. This it's definitely is, above Black Christmas. This is number 25. This is new number 25. This is below Drag Me to Hell. Okay. No, that's wrong. That's wrong. All right, Kate. <laughs> no, but I love Sam Raimi. Oh, God. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. This list sucks. I'm going to say. Okay. This you is have five be seconds. 25. Number 25. Okay. <laughs> Sounds Silent good. Night, Deadly Night, Drag Me to Hell, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, then the Evil Dead remake, Insidious Idle Hands, Black Christmas. I can dig that. So, okay. And that's still, that's a totally respectable place on this Very, list. very respectable place. Um, let us know where you think it should go, like should have gone if you disagree. Send us your recommendations for future movies for us to include in the polls. Um, mm-hmm. We will let you all know um, on our social media once we have um, figured out what the winner of the next poll is. So in the meantime, send us all of your suggestions that you may have. Um, I think that's all that we have for today, Kate. Um, Am I missing anything big? You're missing something huge. What am I missing? We have a new segment that we introduced last episode where we rate and rank. So we already ranked it. Now we have to rate it. Oh, I did forget that. Okay. So for me... This is very personal. This is a very personal decision, and we don't have to agree with each other. Okay. For me, this gets eight out of ten head cheeses. Ooh. <laughs> oh my god. I don't have I, words. I, I think it Kate. earns it earns at least eight head cheeses, not ten. Like, let's not get greedy. It's got some limitations, but. This this was a really good movie. I'm so glad I watched it. It's so important to the horror vernacular. All right. I'm going to say 8 out of 10 head cheeses just so we can wrap this up so I can go vomit. <laughs> that is disgusting. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm Emma's literally covering her face right okay, now. Okay. I really, please, please, 
sweet sweet audience members think of me kindly whenever you pick the next movie for us your hands are in the hands of the patrons and they are just are unforgiving just dads. give me like be a little gentle <laughs> for the next one i need to i need to work my appetite back up okay don't eat ramen i'm telling you it was probably the worst food i could have picked probably not but eating meat for a while so probably not probably not so I, I guess that's it um yeah let us know what you thought um and uh yeah that's all i have yeah i really like this movie it was a it was a quality film and that's all wow, i'll say about job. it um wait, wait, did mom watch this with you um, no, mom did not. Mom encouraged me to go ahead and head over to Peter's. I think because she did not want me to watch it around her. So that's my, I think that's her secret motive, but I didn't ask. She's like, um, love you. Bye. She's like, love you. You can go ahead. Don't want you driving late. Why don't you leave don't right now? Don't worry about me. <laughs> yeah. I think she had no interest in watching it. Um, so before we go, let me just, uh, remind you gentle listeners to, if you haven't already, um, support us by subscribing to uh, the podcast on Apple Podcasts, like us on Facebook and Instagram, um, rate us on iTunes and all those shenanigans. And um, it really does help a lot. Yeah, it helps us grow the podcast. And thanks, thanks to all our patrons. Love to get some more. So um, we love you guys. And we will see you next week when we will be doing a mini episode. Mini episode. Stay spoopy, y'all. Stay spoopy, guys. <laughs>